Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. With me this time, Grace Parra is here. Grace Parra is here. Grace Parra is here. And we yeah. have a really special guest co-host today. We have Ken Tran. She's a writer, actor, stand-up, and Chicagoan. And she's sitting right next to me, so I'm not going to say too much more about her. So, <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. This week, Grace Parra and special guest Tian Tran join me to discuss discord in Casa Conway and Michelle Obama's admission that having it all is hard, even if you lean all the way in. Then we ask ourselves the perennial millennial question, is social media making us all feel awful all the time? We've also got this week in Sorry and one of the most controversial hills we'll die on ever featured on this show. All right, well, a couple housekeeping bits. Housekeeping bits? Is that what you call bits. items of housekeeping? Bits mm -hmm, of housekeeping? Mm -hmm, yes. Agenda items? I don't know. Uh, agendai? Agendai, yes. Uh, first of all, uh, Christmas is coming up, and we are all leaving town. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, we can't, I don't, I'm not going to do a Hysteria episode when I'm too busy eating cheese and drinking line and kugels with my family. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is what we did around Thanksgiving, where we have you guys leave little voice memos and email them to us of the hills that you'll die on. Um, we're also going to try a new segment, see if this works. If it doesn't work, if you don't hear it, you'll know it didn't work. But we're going to try it. <laughs> uh, send us, we, we want to hear your holiday stories. Again, try and keep them to 30 seconds, but talk about the best gag gift you've ever given or received. So here's an example. Oh, In my that. family, it is a huge tradition to give men socks and for the men to extremely overreact. Like every man, every man in the extended family is getting a multi-pack of like socks from Target. And what happens every time a sock package is opened is all the men freak out and most of the like women cover their ears. <laughs> it's like jumping up and down and like fist pumping. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, like their team just won. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. So that's a fun, uh, fun kind of <laughs> gag gift tradition in the Ryan family. Um, another thing, the ACA deadline is coming up. So if you need health insurance, you can find affordable plans at healthcare.gov. Yes, it actually works, but make sure you sign up before the deadline, which is Saturday, December 15th. So you've got another couple of weeks to take care mm -hmm. of that but why push it to the very last minute health insurance is just one of those things you don't want to spend a year worrying about it's so. the best gift you can give yourself yeah you know what i'm giving myself tell me um i am paying a massive amount in student loans <gasps> on and having it hit december 24th oh and so, that's great and so, so nice. like on christmas morning i'll wake up and my balance of student loans will finally be under a certain like Congratulations. Like Congratulations. That's a big deal. That I'm, is truly really, the best gift. I'm really excited. How are you going to celebrate? By going to grad school? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to celebrate. I think I'm just going to celebrate by like, I don't know, feeling very like prudent and frugal and all these like kind sure. of. Sure. Yeah. Like a, like Ben Franklin style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Write a manifesto. I think yeah. it's time to talk about how you, how you conquered America. I think I'm going to go around with one finger raised in the air, lecturing the youth about how it's good to save money <laughs> with some wire rim glasses <laughs> and maybe a gray beard. <laughs> Did he have a beard? I, I don't he, think I so. I thought he had, no. I thought he had the, like the long, bald, 
yeah. ring around long gray hair. Oh, he, right. He had like the right. grown out friar tuck. Yes. Oh, he yes, did. exactly. Yes, he yeah, yeah. Oh. That's a good look. Men Strong. have been allowed to have such bad hair for so long. And <laughs> still. <laughs> did you guys see that meme, speaking of, of uh, Ed Sheeran and Beyonce from yes. whatever concert oh, yesterday? Oh, my God. I loved that so much. It, I mean, I think that Ed Sheeran is totally, is, he's, he's, he's so talented. He's, he's like a... He's just a little. He just didn't put any any effort into what he was wearing at all. And Beyonce just was in hair and makeup for three hours. And it was very clear that discrepancy. <laughs> Her dress was like a confection. It was. Like it, it was like undersea confection mm-hmm. yeah. in like a beautiful pink color, and uh-huh. she just looked incredible. Yeah. And he looked like he woke up and was like, uh oh, and he like. <laughs> <laughs> they rolled out of bed and continued to roll all the way out of his house. And on the way out of the house, he gathered some clothes. And then he just like went and did a concert in those. Which clothes. is his like standard look. It's a standard look. Yeah. That's what he always yeah. looks like. But, but why is it that a guy can show up looking like he just rolled out of bed and a woman must show up looking like she's spent three hours in hair and makeup? I think it's a numbers thing. I think mm. it's. I think that there are so many men who dress like that that it's like, oh yeah, it's so totally yeah. safe for any man to dress like that at any given time. And there are so few women who dress like shit that it is not safe for us to like just show up looking like we we you know just threw a pile of rags on our body. And I'm gonna start. Uh, you are. I'm gonna start. I'm going. I wish I could say that. I'm not going to. I'm gonna keep putting on <laughs> eyeliner at seven in the morning for a podcast. I'm gonna roll out of bed and just. <laughs> Trap whatever I roll into. I admire that conviction, confection, confection. I got confection in my brain now. See, guys, this is why we need to unionize. I've been harping on this. Yes, this is why we need to unionize, and we need to be like these are non-union approved men to to partner with. Uh huh. That's. I mean, yeah, and these are non-union approved. Occasions to to weigh overdress when everybody else is going to be under. This like, is a union standard of how much time you're allowed to spend getting ready every morning. The standard what would be is the time? 35 minutes. Okay, great. I, I think that's, that's reasonable. I think that's right? reasonable. I think it depends on the length of your hair and how difficult it is to put it in a manageable texture. Fair. But Fair. I think that if you have long hair and it's like and you prefer to like straighten it or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that you could you can go up to an hour. Interesting. I think, but 35 minutes should be standard. 35 should be standard. You I'm, can get it less than that. That's fine. Yeah. But more than that, in your yeah. Your productivity just goes down. <laughs> I just moved to a new sublet and like didn't realize that. It, I mean, of course, it's someone's home. They don't always have all the things that a hotel would. <laughs> and so I thought there would be a hair dryer, and there's not. Oh yeah. And I just don't have one right now. Yeah. Oh no. So you're seeing me like truly. I like drumped in the shower, rolled out, and then tried to part my hair with my own fingers and like style. It looks lovely and very Thank natural. You. It does look really good. I mean, that's what I was fishing for. Thank you. <laughs> we fish for compliments here. That's, that is, that is that's union another union. Approved. Yes. <laughs> all right, let's get into the news. First of all, uh, happy Hanukkah to the listeners of ours who yes. celebrate it. This week in the Mueller investigation has sort of been like a celebration of Hanukkah and that there are several nights of it, but it differs from Hanukkah. <laughs> In that it's causing me emotional damage. <laughs> um, but first, I want to talk about uh, you know. So yesterday we had um, we had the Flynn sentencing memo come out. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what will have happened by the time you guys listen to this? Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really interesting that's happening is that there's some drama in uh, Shea Conway. Oh, uh, Kelly, La Casa uh, Conway. Yeah, La Casa Conway. Conway. Is Conway. That, sure, I like okay. that. Why not? Uh, so Kellyanne Conway is married to George Conway, an attorney. Um, and, you know, he earlier this week uh, made a comment about a Trump tweet allu- alluding to the fact that perhaps Donald Trump was engaging in witness tampering. And he did this, you know, on Twitter. Conway was like, hey, and then he, he did that. You know, this is the exact 
statute that you're violating. And then uh, the president's son, Eric, fired back, tweeting, of all the ugly... Now, first of all, you need to, like, clutch your pearls while you read this because (laughs) Eric was definitely... He found some and he was clutching them. (laughs) Of all the ugliness in politics, the utter disrespect George Conway shows toward his wife, her career, place of work, and everything she has fought so hard to achieve might top them all. Kellyanne Poles is a great person, and frankly, his actions are horrible. Oh, So this isn't the first time this has happened. He's kind of tweeted some things that are challenging to the president's agenda before and the president's conduct before. And Kellyanne has has engaged in a little bit of Twitter shade as well, mm-hmm. <laughs> writing her name as the Kellyanne Conway in Kellyanne Conway's husband. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's kind of funny. If it I was. like that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's I think probably it's... the one thing I like about yes. Kellyanne, honestly. So here's something that I was thinking about. Like, do you agree with this is such a weird question. Do you agree with Eric Trump? Do you think that Kellyanne Conway is being disrespected here? No, I don't agree with Eric Trump. I think that, like, if your wife or partner or significant other is working for someone who is, like, negatively affecting millions of people and, like, putting children in cages. Like, I think that you can totally speak up and, like, disagree, publicly disagree with your partner. Mm -hmm. Do you think, like, Twitter, though, is the right place to Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like... I'm just trying to think, like, also, here's another thing, Grace. Yeah. And this, my first thought was, like, what business does Eric Trump have Ugh. in proclaiming himself the arbiter of good marriages? I think there's more divorces than marriages in that family. I think for sure. I like I like that, though, that he's like, be damned, my family record. Here we go. Let's just di- just dive right in. Um, I, 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 I actually, I, I think, like, oh, fuck Eric Trump. But I actually think that there is some something so interesting about this case here. Because the reality, I don't know if you guys knew this, but... George Conway introduced Donald Trump to Kellyanne. So he's actually the reason that this whole thing is happening. And as uh, going back as recently as the election in, in 2016, George very much supported Kellyanne being campaign manager for Trump. And so there's there's actually this Washington Post article where there's a picture of George Conway crying out of excitement and happiness for Trump being elected and out of pride for his wife being part of the administration. So it's interesting to see the total 180 here that he's gone from a, being a big supporter of Trump to now being like, uh, I don't know so much that I support and actually actually actively being against against him. Um, I, I think it's like, is Twitter the right sphere for this? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. But then at the same time, it's like maybe they had a conversation between the two of them where they realized, like, look, we are at odds internally here amongst ourselves. Can we take this to a public sphere and 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 uh, as a way of almost like working through it therapeutically? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I also think there's some cynical arguments to be made about maybe the fact I've I've read this, too. There's a take that the two of them uh, are kind of in cahoots about the way that they're approaching this publicly, that they're very actively like, okay, George, you say one thing so that you can appeal to Republicans who disagree with Trump. And Kellyanne, obviously, you're working for Trump, so you, you know, uh, represent Republicans who do believe in him. And ultimately, that works for the two of them as a couple. That's cynical, for sure. But I, I, I don't know how you guys feel uh, about that maybe being the, uh, the angle here. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever seen that? You remember that episode of House of Cards, I think, in season one, mm. where Zoe Barnes, like, winks at Kevin Spacey's character on TV? Oh, it's real good. There's there's one thing she's she says that she's going, there's a reporter who goes on TV, mm-hmm. and she says she's going to send this uh, congressman at the time a signal that 
to send him a message and she winks at mm-hmm. the TV while she's like on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of causes a scandal because it's so unprofessional or whatever. <laughs> but I honestly think that this this seems like it could be a form of flirting. Okay. Exactly. Oh my I agree God. completely. I agree completely. Yeah. Like this, because like, yeah, there are moments like actually uh, there's there's a dialogue between the two of them, uh, I think also reported by the Washington Post, where Kellyanne is referencing that photo and she says that photo was from before you uh, was from before you cried. The, the moment where George cried out of happiness that Kellyanne was working for Trump, who was just elected. And George said, now I cry for other reasons. And it is almost like a little it's like a little foreplay oh between the two of them. <laughs> Have they reached their like ultimate fantasy? Like, I think this, so. They're like living out their true. I think so. Role playing fantasy in front of us. I mean, I have to imagine. I mean, there's this is really a team nobody situation. Um <laughs> But I have to imagine that, you know, either this is a a person who has maybe exhausted all other options in convincing his wife that she's working for a a monster. Right. Or this is like a fun and flirty thing between two awful people. And like, I kind of prefer the flirty version, um, (laughs) even though they're both terrible. Yes, I agree. I agree. They're both terrible. Okay, let's move on. Michelle Obama has been on a book tour. Uh, Her new book, Becoming is dominating bestseller lists, and her tour uh, has been making some headlines. She was uh, at a a book tour appearance in Brooklyn this past week, and she was talking about uh, the myth of having it all, which is like the myth that just will not die. Mm -hmm. I feel like every single generation of women has been like, can we? Nope. No. No, we can't. Obama stated, nope, not at the same time. That's a lie. And it's not always enough to lean in because that shit doesn't always work all the time. And the crowd cheered. Because Michelle Obama said shit. (laughs) And uh, she quickly apologized and she said she forgot where she was for a moment. Okay. I want to kind of sit on that last sentence for a second. What kind of... I want to know what Michelle is like when she's not talking into a microphone. She sounds so chill. So I think that she is like, fuck it. I'm not in the White House anymore. I got this book to promote. You can take the cynical approach here, too, and say, like, okay, she's very keenly aware of what she's saying because she's trying to she's trying to let some books fly off those shelves. Um, but I think that it's great that she's a little more unfiltered. We're finally we're seeing a side of Michelle that we never got to see while she was in the White House. I love it. I love it, too. I love also that it's, like, shit. I feel like it's, like, the most first base of swear words and everyone's like oh my god exactly said it like it's the over the bra (laughs) of curse words it really is (laughs) um but what she was talking about was uh lean in the limitations of lean in that's uh kind of a sheryl sandberg coinage Mm -hmm. um i i kind of think a lot of feminists have been criticizing lean in for a really long Mm -hmm. time do you think that Michelle is kind of like the last train to arrive at the station or that she's just doing this now that she's out of the White House and she can finally talk freely about it? Well, I don't think it's ever too late mm-hmm. uh, I, I just to speak up against the problems with Lean In. Um, I think it's great that she's she's I actually think that she's um, there's a responsibility that she has to to talk about the limitations of Lean In. Um, and I think it's really it's just really important to hear that because I think that there have been a number of criticisms of it, but not from somebody as powerful as mm-hmm. Michelle and not in the context that she's that she's put forth either. Um, but it, it is really important. I mean, I, I, the more that I think about it and the older that I get, the more that I just don't identify with lean in culture at all. As much as I think it's imperative to teach young women that they can be ambitious and we can achieve our dreams, I think that lean in embodies a certain level of privilege, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I also think that lean in can be 
essentially mistaken for be aggressive, be loud, be the most forth, uh, forthright, uh, biggest personality in the room. And I think that that doesn't lend itself to the other side of the way that we as women should interact in the world, which is to listen and to mm -hmm. step back sometimes in, in observation before we speak, which right. is not to say that we should be um, subservient by any means, right. but I think I, I think that those those uh, that kind of binary is one that we don't often uh, we sort of just assume that you should be the loudest personality in the room, and I mm -hmm. don't think that that's I don't think that's always right in every situation. Yeah, I agree. I think a couple of things though. Sheryl Sandberg was always kind of upfront about like this isn't for everybody, and mm -hmm. I think one of the things mm -hmm. that kind of sucks is like I I agree that every you know lean in should be criticized and we should talk about it, but at the same mm -hmm. time, sometimes when a woman puts something out. People are like, well, why isn't this thing about all women all the right, time? Right, that's fair. Right, and it's like men don't get the same thing. Like mm -hmm. men, you know, if if like James Cameron writes an autobiography, people aren't going to be like, why isn't this for you know young Hispanic men? And it's like, well, because <laughs> James Cameron wrote it. It's right. about it's about pitching the movie Aliens by walking into a room and writing aliens on a blackboard and making the second S a dollar sign. That's what it is to be James Cameron. It's not advice, right? For, right. But I think at the same time, like it's it's good to criticize I don't know what do you think Tian I mean I've always I always feel very complicated about lean in in terms of just like it's always a, when those books come out they are always feeling like advice for women to like make it in a world that has built been built by the patriarchy and so for me I'm just like why can't we be like reimagining like instead of like like you're saying like about listening and stepping back it's like these all this all these advice and all this all these tips are about how to make it in like these very male-dominated industries using that, like those personality traits that have gotten men to the top, which is like being aggressive, being loud. Mm -hmm. I always used to hate when people are like, "Don't say sorry, don't ever say sorry." Mm -hmm. But to me, I'm like, that is why. Why don't why like why don't apologize? Why aren't you apologizing when you're messing up? Mm -hmm. Like to me, that was always like a trait that was like very masculine to be like, "Don't apologize." Yeah, yeah. If you're in a yeah. meeting and you fucked up, don't do it. Right. If you killed somebody, you don't, killed, you, don't dare you dare say sorry. I agree completely. I agree. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah, and and I worry that lean in culture because so many people haven't actually read Lean In, but they've just seen the headlines mm -hmm. and they've just seen. You know, we don't actually. A lot of yeah, people but don't reading. Oh, oh <laughs> I just want to hear Michelle Obama say shit more, by the way. I, Me too. I love that so much. Yeah. I think that I I really like the idea of kind of one of the things that's good about Donald Trump being the president, the coarsening of American discourse means that like somebody like Michelle Obama can be like, OK, I'm going to say shit. Yeah. And you guys can't get mad at me because it never was a big deal. But now you see how extremely not a big deal it is. Yeah. For me to use words that would get bleeped on like, you know, network TV. Right. It's right, right. it's fine. Yeah. It's this shit is fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I wish she would just like really talk about her true feelings about this presidency. But I know she like I know she can't mm -hmm. talk about the Trump administration and she kind of does and when she does it's always kind of like in a circle and she's like kind of walking around it, but I just all bets are off now. Like mm -hmm. I just feel like the rules are out the window. Right. Like, why can't she just like say something? Yeah. This, in, in some ways, this is this is a, a gateway towards that, yeah. which is what this comment, you know, why why I think it's so impactful. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'd just like to see more of that. I don't, I think that there's more there's more there. But does it have to be in the context of a book? That's that's what I question. Like, in what context mm -hmm. should we want to see Michelle as unfiltered as possible? I think she should have a talk show. I, I think she should come. Gonna... 
Yeah, I think I she should come that. and co-host Hysteria. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that idea. That would be amazing. I mean, she, because she has this, um, you know, you can tell that she is a really thoughtful, she's obviously a brilliant woman, mm-hmm. uh, but she's also very thoughtful and empathetic in a way that uh, you don't usually see in public figures, especially mm-hmm. public figures who have been, had so much abuse flung at them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she should have a talk show. I, I would. I would watch every, I would do nothing but watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> Erin <laughs> would give up her day I would, job. I would waste be away. She would take out more student loans just to, <laughs> to support, <laughs> yeah. to support my Michelle Obama exactly. to talk to you and have Look, guys, that shit would make me so happy. <gasps> uh, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, personal political. And we're back, and uh, it's time for some personal political. This week, we're going to talk about social media. The the, the first time anybody's ever talked about social media. Anybody in the history of America. The first time anybody's been worried (laughs) that social media might not have completely positive outcomes. Yeah. It's funny. We were just talking about Sheryl Sandberg in the last segment, and I was like, oh, she should have had a chapter in her book about ruining democracy <gasps> i would have read i would have read she that could have an addendum and re-release lean in right yeah with a, i mean with that a can special... be a different talk show exactly exactly <laughs> how to ruin democracy <laughs> anyway uh ruining democracy with the aid of social media but it also ruins uh some of our self-esteem self-perception one of the things that makes me think about social media around this time of the year the holidays every mm. everybody is always flexing on social media but around the holidays it seems to be a flex about things that that are like weirdly things that I wish that I had more of. You oh, know, it's interesting. like, hey, look at me. I live around my family. Or like, <laughs> hey, look at me. You know, I'm dressing my dog in a Santa outfit. <laughs> and it's like, I think I would like to talk about how social media affects people's self-worth and self-esteem. Do you feel better since you've had Instagram and Twitter and Facebook or do you feel worse? I feel significantly worse. I feel, I feel, yeah, I, I don't, I don't love social media. I am finding myself becoming more and more cynical, which by the way, is a word that I've now used in all three of our segments today. <laughs> if this were an episode of Pee Wee's Playhouse, we would all be screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Sesame Street brought to you by the letter C for cynical. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had some, some situations uh, pop up recently with social media uh, that have made me very wary of it. For instance, I had some imposters pop up on both Facebook and on Instagram. And by imposters, I mean people who are using my pictures in their profiles as their profile picture and also all of their pictures I had that, in the I album. I had that happen once, too. Yeah, it's really scary. It's and so then weird. they followed all of my friends, <gasps> and then my friends reached out to me with screenshots, like, did you know this was happening? So I... I I got off Facebook uh, because it felt like that was also just a dumpster fire of humanity that I didn't need to see. But the time that I spend on Instagram, it makes me wary. You know, I I also mute a lot of people because there's a lot of people that I find that I might like in real life. And online, they are just troll monsters. (laughs) Just (laughs) troll monsters who deserve uh, swift and bloody deaths. <laughs> and um, and so I'm very appreciative for the mute, uh, the mute uh, of it all. But I, and I understand that there are, there are virtues to social media, for sure. And I'm sure we will get to those. But it is my take that the negatives of social media, uh, I think, somewhat outweigh the positives. Do you agree? I, I go through waves. Mm-hmm. I go through waves of, like, feeling good mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. and, like, 
posting a thing that does well, Mm -hmm. which is gross to say out loud, (laughs) you know, like posting a thing that like gets a lot of affirmation and gets a lot of likes. I'm like, great. We're having a great day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like. It dictates your mood. It dictates. It totally dictates your mood. And I know I've had moments where I'm like, God, I'm having a bad day. Let's post something and see what happens and like see if I can start to feel better. I think for me, though, the biggest thing was like seeing other folks' like career goals being met. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like friends of mine who are also in the industry and in comedy and like seeing them get like booking gigs and like doing different things. And I, I I used to like just mute and go away. But then I was like, I want to be a good friend. I want to be like supportive of these folks that are getting these gigs and jobs. And so I've, you know, prescribed my own exposure therapy where I make myself look at these things. Uh And like, wow. And I'm just like, I'm working through my feelings of being jealous by just like seeing it and being like, oh my gosh, you know what? This is great. This is positive. Mm -hmm. And I want to celebrate my friends. And like, I'm starting to feel like much more positive about that aspect of social media. Mm hmm. One of the things that I have noticed, I guess, recently is so Twitter started out as being this like fun place that people told jokes and like got Mm -hmm. to interact with celebrities. And then it became this like awful vortex of inescapable news hell, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, when you work in news hell, it's sort of useful in the way that like if you work, if you're Satan's assistant, being (laughs) in actual hell would be useful. (laughs) But like, you know, and then I just sort of realized, oh, you know, what's nice is Instagram. It's so friendly. Everyone's so supportive and so cool. And then it just has sort of become this like fuck pit. Yes. Where like every and I don't mind people being happy with the way that they look or wanting to share pictures of themselves. But it's like I feel like it's become so overrun with just it all it is is like instagram models yeah. and and like and i just want to sound of thirst yeah right there. It's, I, so it's so thirsty but i just want to see I, it's like people who are trying to make a living just not doing anything and yeah. like I, I and i don't fine you know good make a living but but i went to instagram because it was like oh this is a way for me to see what my friends are doing and like oh look at my you know my college roommates like her and her wife's like cool house and like mm-hmm. look at this and look at this and it was like now it's just sort of like, oh, do you want to do you want to follow this person? Here's a suggestion. And it's like, oh, yeah, like six guys I know follow this one like Instagram model who's always like writing captions. It sounds like sounds like she's gotten hit on the head <laughs> <laughs> like and, and got hit on the head. And, and, and they woke her up and they're like, write a romance novel. And she was like, in the morning, I wake up feeling the vibes of sunshine. Uh, no. And it's like. It's just, I don't know. And maybe it's just me being insecure, but it's like, I feel like there's so much just, it almost makes me, it makes me feel bad about myself because it's like, yes. oh, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not 28 years old. I'm, yeah. I don't weigh a hundred pounds. Yeah. I'm not constantly wearing like, uh, like lingerie and laying by a pool. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, what's, what is this? I am constantly wearing lingerie and laying by a pool, which doesn't really make sense because lingerie is not absorbent. <laughs> But I do it anyway. <laughs> but I don't post about it, you guys. That's the difference. I mean, my my favorite of that version is like someone posting a really sexy pic and being mm. like, "Is there a booger in my nose?" Like, yeah, like, oh my god, doing the thing that's like, oh god, like, oh maybe I'll take this down. And it's I saw a girl the other day wearing lingerie and like thigh highs, and the caption was, "What do adults even wear when they sleep anymore?" <laughs> and every okay, and, that, yeah, just. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, and then these are, by the way, people like in relationships and, you know, and that, that's the thing yeah. that's so, I um, I agree with you, um, Aaron, that, that uh, I said, um, Aaron, so I forgot your name briefly. Um, it's me, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Grace also got hit on the head today. I did, exactly. That will explain my, my Instagram post. Um, I think that it highlights our insecurities without offering a solution. Mm. And I really like the positive take that you have on it. Which I'm trying. Is like, yeah, I mean, exposure therapy is, but but it, but that to me, um, it, it's risky. You have to know that you are secure enough in yourself to 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 dive into the hornet's nest like that. I don't think I could I, I could do that. And I also think that that Insta story in particular has. Uh, become a downfall of Instagram because it used to be that you wouldn't really post more than one or two posts yeah. a day and that was kind of it there was a cap um, but now with Insta Story, people are just highlighting their lives constantly I mean they're live streaming their lives which there are platforms for that's what you know uh, Snapchat was for that's what Twitch I think is for like in the video game world there are other formats that kind of fit that and mm -hmm. and if you want that then you go to that and, and find it but for Instagram it did feel for a while Aaron that it was somewhat of a utopia uh, and now I think that that's completely gone. I, I read this article um, that uh, paralleled social media to the American mall. That malls used to be this place where you go and look around and shop and there's like lots of uh, different types, different demographics of people. It was the great equalizer in many ways. But eventually, as we've seen in America, the decline of the American mall has occurred. Now we see mm -hmm. that it's just sort of like this vast empty space and maybe there's some people here. Wow, it's uh, a metaphor. Here and there. It's a me exactly. <laughs> it's a metaphor. It's the first metaphor that's ever been told. Um, <laughs> And I think that that, re that really spoke to me. Like, and, and it's not just for Instagram, but it's really applicable to all formats of social media. That yeah. it, it's a place where everybody congregates, all excited, mm -hmm. and there's all these different brands and new types of people to see and and new experiences to witness. And then eventually, we all pick up and leave. Right. And that I think is what's <laughs> happening with social media too. Yeah, I think it's sort of like the idea that anytime any new technology is introduced, it's like people are going to try to use it to fuck or mm -hmm. fight wars with. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen them fight wars or like try to wage a sort of information war. And now they're trying to use it to fuck yeah. one of the questions i have when i'm looking at like thirsty trap instagrams is like who took this that oh, is like yeah. my oh, yeah. I, i'm like who is following you around yeah, yeah. How, how what did this look like from a third if i could be a third point in a triangulation <laughs> what would it look like yeah. like would there be somebody standing over you as you're laying on a on a reclining beach chair <laughs> Like, yeah. would I be like, this woman is getting robbed? Like, what would I think? But I also, you know, I don't want to, like, totally shit on social media to borrow a, f a word from Michelle Obama. <laughs> she invented that she word. Invented. She did. <laughs> she, she did. She did. <laughs> um, I don't want to shit on it because I think that there have been positives mm -hmm. for me. Like, it's allowed me to to share things with people that I normally would have fallen out of touch with, you know, totally. which is like on a very base level. It's also allowed me to look at places that I never would have mm -hmm. looked at. And it's allowed me to, uh, when I was traveling in Nepal for a while last year, I could like use it as a signal flare to be like, I'm alive, like post an Instagram because yeah. it has a really low profile of, it's really easy to like upload it with yeah. bad Wi-Fi. Um, but it's also like, I think allowed me to see into the lives of people that I wouldn't normally mm -hmm. see. And Tian, when we were talking about this before, you mentioned that it's like important in certain communities. I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know like as as a queer Asian femme, because you guys can't see me, and I just want to <laughs> identify myself. Um, that like it's it's a very important tool for the queer community to kind of like find solidarity, especially for the trans and non-binary community, because yeah. like you know there's not a lot of representation in media and 
for folks to be able to like you know show that they're they're out there and then make like friends and family to be able to like support and affirm that is ve- is very very affirming mm-hmm. and so for me on my feed like I see a lot of like fellow queer folks posting selfies and it's this idea of like visibility over validation where it's just like we're here we're trying to imagine like new social constructs by putting ourselves out and taking up space mm-hmm. I love that I love that I love that I, I, I actually think that um uh, that's applicable uh, with a situation that actually just happened a couple a couple days ago with me. Not not so much about um, identity, um, but about community. Uh, I found out that my favorite teacher from high school passed away. I don't know if there are any people who went to St. Agnes Academy in Houston, Texas, but Dan Westerman was this amazing philosophy and theology teacher. And I think I mentioned earlier that I got off Facebook recently and felt really good about it. But Facebook was probably the only place where I had a lot of connections to classmates. Mm -hmm. And in the past couple days, I've been thinking, would I have been able to communicate better with that community of people in this time of mourning and reach out to people who are also experiencing this this sense of loss had I still maintained a connection on Facebook? And the answer is definitely yes. So I think you're absolutely right to point to the communities, the, the type of community that can be forged on social media, um, whether it's during a time of loss or happiness or finding identity and and uh, not to conflate these two things by yeah. any means. But I think that I think there is virtue to be found in it. But the question is, how do you use social media almost exclusively for that and and block out the rest of the noise? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that perfect formula is. Well, I also think that, like, you know, establishing yourself and being like, here I am, I exist, I'm I'm a person, and you have to look at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that there's some there's something really powerful about that. Um, I think that it, it kind of slides into a next step, and I'm not necessarily saying that about any specific community, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. It, the next step seems to be, like, I uh, and here's the life that I'm choosing mm-hmm. to show you, mm-hmm. which is like I exist, and uh, and here's a very curated version of my life. Yes. Like two different things, yeah. and so eventually you get to a point where, like, you know, Grace, you mentioned that some people are shitheads on social media, but they're not mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. But it's like, well, yeah. what is it if not real? Exactly. Life? Yeah. You know, exactly. like, why exactly. is there a difference between what kind of a person you are on Instagram and who you really are? And I, I was thinking, like, you know. Sometimes people will post things or say things about themselves that are just totally in the moment, not mm-hmm. representative about what happened. Like, have you ever posted something uh, maybe when you and a significant other were fighting and it was like you and them mm-hmm. getting along? Yeah. I mean, like, have you or have you ever posted something where you were, where you were maybe not uh, – Maybe you, you weren't feeling great or weren't having good, but like a very old yeah. selfie and been like, oh, yeah. I'm feeling cute. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> feeling cute. Might delete later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100% I've done that. Yeah. Does it make, do you think that it makes, that it kind of raises the standard for how everybody should feel all the time? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, deep, like, I, it's sort time. of one of those things that feels like a, a drop in the bucket, right? Like, mm-hmm. if every single one of us decides to just pretend everything is okay all the time, it might make us feel better on a micro level, but on a macro level contribute to an overall environment where it's easy for every individual person to feel a little bit worse all the time. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, no, that's, I mean, no that, I, that's why I think it's it's interesting when you see people, this is happening now actually with a, with a couple of friends of mine who are going through um, some pretty serious health problems. I have a friend who who just had a double mastectomy, for instance, and is um, she okay? She's okay. She's okay. It okay. was it was elective. She found out that she had the BCRA2 gene that, mm-hmm. that indicates that she would be likely that to have breast serious. cancer. It's very yeah. serious. It's very serious. And so she's using social media as a platform to share her story, which I think I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of value in that for people out there who are mm-hmm. looking to find. Um, 
information and looking to to see to be able to identify that story and that diagnosis and that path with a real person with a real face mm -hmm. and i think that that's another place where social media can be a value where if you are going experiencing something mm -hmm. pretty pretty deep and pretty dark you can you can find somebody else who's willing to share that story publicly um and, and it takes a lot of bravery to be that person um the tricky thing is when you're that person and doing it for the right reasons versus trying to commodify or trying to well and that's a whole subgenre of yeah. like stuff like every couple months you read something it's like yeah this woman raised five hundred thousand dollars for her cancer treatment and she never had cancer yeah it's dark it's man. dark so here's here's like my final kind of question on this subject so you know we're talking about like people being you know self-absorbed using social media the way they would use any tool they're using it to promote themselves they're using it to take pictures of their dicks and share it with <laughs> other people who might want to i do that dicks. all the time yeah. you send me Oh, many dicks. <laughs> DPs, I call them. DP. <laughs> ew. Yeah, DPs, ew. God, that's ew. gross. G DP from GP. Um, but, but here's the thing. Like, you know, I was reading this article the other day about how, you know, back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago before people even had screens to look at, uh, people were, like, using art to flex about their social groups. And they yeah. were using, like, still photography. And they were carving themselves, having a great time. Do you think that that kind of bragging about yourself and presenting yourself in the best possible light is kind of a tale as old as time? Yes, for sure. I agree completely. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you think that back in the day people were like, uh oh, you know what? All this sculpting going on. <laughs> these kids brains are getting damaged. <laughs> These kids are going to grow up just expecting <laughs> sculptures of yeah, them to be made exactly. all the time in these extremely like good positions, and you know they don't always look like that. Michelangelo put a Valencia filter on this sculpture, <laughs> and what is that? What kind of message is that sending? Um, yeah, I mean it is it is definitely a tale as as old as time because we have always, as a species, desired mm -hmm. affirmation. We yeah. all want that. The question is why we seek public affirmation versus affirmation from those that really mean something to us IRL and I don't know how to compromise those two necessarily I mean it, I think there was a time where people who sought fame were very clearly those who needed public affirmation but now because social media exists as a platform for all people anybody who wants public affirmation can seek it and can find it um, and that's that's very scary and that's the difference I think between the way that affirmation used to be used uh, before the advent of technology and the way that it's being used right now mm -hmm. I mean, Tan, you just moved here. Yes. And I'm assuming that you're a, a ways away from a lot of people you care about. I, I wonder if, like, being far away from people means that social media is more essential than it's ever been. Mm. Uh, yes and no. Because the folks that I'm already closest with, I'm just calling them. Like, I'm just... You're calling people? Yeah, I'm calling people and FaceTiming. You use the phone feature? I the phone? FaceTime... What? Yes. Oh, my God. I FaceTime with friends that live... Do you do do, you do that? No. I don't do a lot of FaceTime. Oh, I do a lot of FaceTime. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, well, because my girlfriend actually lives on the East Coast right now. Oh, oh, gosh. And we started long distance, so I started this pattern of FaceTiming people. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'm like a FaceTimer. I like huh. it. And so with social media, I'm like, it's great because like I, I am able to connect with folks that I haven't seen. But like with my close friends, I'm already like... Calling mm -hmm. them. That sounds so much healthier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the weirdest thing to me is when someone I don't really know well, an acquaintance, will come up to me in public if we're passing and then comment on something that I've posted like several weeks ago. <laughs> That's fucked up. That creeps me out. Yes. Truly yes. is like, wow, it looks like you really had fun with your cat. 
couple of weeks. I'm like, no, 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 no. Please don't talk to me about that. Looks like that. you're killing it, Grace. And by the way, I, I hear that. I'm sure you guys hear this too. Looks like you're killing it, Grace. No, I am not. I do not feel like that. And if that's my public persona, then that is sadly, sadly misleading. Yeah. Sadly misleading. And then that's a danger too that we have a responsibility in, in the way that we curate our, our social yeah. media personalities, especially as people who, who do use social media for our careers. There is a distinction, I think, between those of us who have uh, uh, you know, healthy followings and those people who are really just using it for family Healthy or unhealthy. Great, I would go great, ahead and say okay. unhealthy following. Great distinction. Yes. Sometimes, though, I kind of like it when people are like, oh, I saw this. Like, congrats on... It's mm. like a conversation starter. Like, I was on set this week and uh, this woman who does wardrobe... Uh, who has done it on a different project I work on uh, too. She came up to me and she was like, I see you got yourself a California boyfriend. Congratulations. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's so cute. That is very sweet of you to like see me and think to say something, just to like, you know, say something personal to me. That was very, it was very nice. So, I mean, mixed bag. Mixed you know? bag, baby. Mixed, mixed bag. bag. No no formula for everybody either. You got to no. lean in to the individuality of how you handle social also, media. Also, if something is making you feel bad, just stop. You can stop it. You can stop yeah. it. You can, I mean, just remind yourself, I, I feel bad. What am I doing right now? I don't need to keep doing this exact thing. I yeah. can stop it and do something else. Right. And I found that like when I'm starting to feel bad about Instagram or Facebook, well, Facebook I feel bad about for different reasons, but when I start to feel bad about stuff, I can be like, you know what? There's a whole world that isn't on a screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. I could just put things down, go out and walk around. Yep. Talk to a human being. Yeah. I mean. And use that mute feature liberally. <laughs> oh, I do. It's the best feature. I, I agree. I'm muting both of you guys after this. Excellent. <laughs> yes, great. Finally. I've made it. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> All right. We have to take a break. But when we come back this week in Sorry. Sorry, ladies, we do. I mean, we apologize a lot. Yeah. We Maybe too much. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we I'm constantly apologize. Maybe, maybe too. Maybe too much. I mean, yeah. I was just told recently, like, uh, yeah, I've been, I've, I've been told multiple times in my life, you don't have to apologize so much. Yeah, but we, but agree, it's like but we agree that it's it's important to apologize. It is yeah. important. But that makes us the experts on it. Yes. And us the arbiters of how, how seriously we should take other people's sorries because we... No. Yes. As mm-hmm. like people who have done sorries the most. <laughs> so this was a story that made me just push my laptop away and go, no, mm-hmm. not right now. No, not right now. <laughs> On Monday, professional soccer player Ada Hagerberg won the prestigious award. Uh, our producer, Caroline, who speaks French, told me the pronunciation is Ballon d'Or. Oh, I did it. <gasps> Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or award. recognizing Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> it's an award that recognizes that she's the best soccer player in the world. Mm. Prior to this ceremony, the award had only been given to male players for the past 60 years. Wow. She's only 23 years old. That's amazing. Wow. That's um, awesome. 23-year-old Norwegian forward was the top scorer in the French League last season. She played for Olympique Lyonnais women's soccer team with 31 goals. That's a lot of goals. Dude. And she gave an acceptance speech telling little girls to believe in yourselves. All of this is very uplifting. Yeah. Right? It's what could best. go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Following her speech, the host of the event, DJ, uh-oh, Martin oh. Solvik, <laughs> asked Hagerberg in French, do you know how to twerk? Mm. Oh, facepalm. Uh, Hagerberg looked visibly uncomfortable and responded, no. 
Uh, people were uh, understandably upset mm-hmm. by this, mm-hmm. and the DJ. Oh God, just don't let DJs do things. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I agree. DJ don't... is the biggest red flag for everything. Oh yes. my God, yes. Yep. yes, absolutely. Although there is a DJ named DJ Salinger, which I think is an amazing DJ name. Oh, that's really good. That's I a like good that. Name. Yeah, but anyway, that's this this DJ apologized for asking the best soccer player in the world <laughs> if she knew how to twerk. Uh, he apologized on Twitter saying. I acknowledge that it was in poor taste, and I am deeply sorry for my mistake. Oh, good typing, Solveig's publicist. Uh, He (laughs) states that the incident was a, quote, misunderstanding, explaining that he was asked to prepare a song for each winner and that he thought it was ironic to ask someone to twerk to Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, DJ's famous irony understanding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, so, Tian, what are your thoughts on this whole incident? (sighs) So... As a huge soccer fan, this really pissed me off Mm -hmm. because it was so exciting. It's like this this moment that women are receiving this award for the first time. And it should have been such a like that should have been the end of the story is it should have just been about her winning this award. And for him to like thinking it as a joke, for him to take that space and to like take the attention away from her is just so frustrating. And I read that, like, he immediately went back there to apologize to her. But instead of apologizing, was kind of like, I I feel so bad, which is always a woman's job to make the person, especially a dude, who fucked up to feel better about the fact that they fucked up. Mm -hmm. And so she was quoted as saying things like, oh, it's okay. I, I, like, in the moment didn't even realize. It's fine. It's fine. And it's just so frustrating Mm -hmm. that she had to then do the emotional labor of making him feel better mm-hmm. about fucking up. And then his apology, I don't know if you read the before, but, like, he starts out with, like, a video, actually, of, like, he, like, records himself not even apologizing at first, being like, I was a misunderstanding. There's, like, an like, there was a language barrier. I didn't realize that that's what I was asking. And, like, the humor dropped. And then at the end, he, like, ha- does this, like, half-assed sorry. Uh, he lost me a DJ. I know. For sure. I mean, yeah, I I agree with you. That was very eloquently put. All of that is completely accurate. And, I mean, to me, it's like if you're going to make a dumb, dumb joke like that, why twerk? I mean, at least floss is more like (laughs) a little more relevant. I don't know. Right. I I just, it's. Or or crump. Crump. Do you know how to crump? That's a funnier joke about that's, Fly yeah. Me to the Moon. Maybe the problem here is that this guy doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah. And that, exactly. I mean, that's the last time you've heard a Martin Solveig song. Yeah. Literally never. Yeah. When's the last time a DJ was funny? Ooh. Ooh. Never. Never. DJ Tanner from Full House. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny, though. More sweet. Yeah, but she did have a laugh track that reinforced the that's idea true. to her that she was funny. Can you imagine? Okay, so this is just a total tangent, and I'm sure we'll edit this out or put it in a separate thing. Uh <laughs> Can you imagine, like, being a character within a sitcom and going about your life thinking that saying things like, oh, great, was hilarious? Like, (laughs) you know, like, you're inside a sitcom, and every time you say something stupid, you hear laughter. Oh, my God. And then you, like, go out into the world and, like you don't have the laughter anymore, you would be so confused about, like, why you're not funny. Anyway, I think I just came up with an idea for a show. That's really yeah, imagine fun. imagine how Matthew Perry yes, felt walking around in the world when he wasn't Chandler. Like, I, I mean, you're, you get so accustomed to that. You just think, like, 
that's that's the way it is. There's a there's a really good YouTube video of uh, two and a half men with a laugh track removed. Oh, I've seen that. It's <laughs> I so have good. not seen that. So good. Okay, yeah. I'll watch that. we'll put it we'll put it in the show notes for everybody. For sure. Um, but anyway, do, let's get back to the sorry. Mm-hmm. Do we accept the sorry? No. 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 We don't. No. There's three no's. No. No. The All unanimous right. no. That's, sorry, DJ. All right. Easy enough. Final segment of the show, The Hills Will Die On. As we uh, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, we're now going to be including Listener Hills in every episode. So if you yeah. want to Ooh. contribute yours, please record a 30-second or less. Our producer, Caroline, is like, 30 seconds! 30-second <laughs> or less voice memo on your phone and email it to hysteria at crooked.com. That's hysteria at crooked.com. You can also send your holiday stories there, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show. Um, but let's get to a couple listener hills before we get to the co-host hills. All right, let's start it. Hi, Hysteria. My name is Tara. The hill I will die on is that candles are complete garbage. <gasps> I will never understand why people want to set multiple open flames ablaze in their homes. Candles are just a major fire hazard. I actually know someone whose family home burned down from a stupid candle. Nice fragrances, however, are not garbage, so people just simply need to switch to plug-ins or diffusers. But forever and always, I will think that candles are absolute trash, and I 100% judge anyone who willingly and gleefully sets multiple open flame fires ablaze in their home <laughs> candles are garbage and that is the hill i will die on <gasps> i oh love the conviction of this yes, hill geez. i disagree with it completely but yes, I, I love the conviction. i respect her death on that hill Me yeah too. but i will not join her on no that. no that is an honorable death no. for sure i mean i don't think that our <laughs> listener has has taken a candlelit shower uh, that is. Oh my that, God, I've never done that. Guys. Fire and water is like a self-negating combination. Precisely. I, <gasps> candles right outside the shower, so it's in the bathroom, usually on the sink, placed in a place where it's not going to go anywhere, and then you take a shot. It's amazing. Really? That's there, so nice. Oh, it is so relaxing. It is so relaxing. I I lit some candles at home. Sorry, I lit a couple candles at home the other night because I needed to take a break from writing, and I was like, "What's on Lifetime?" And I turned it on, and it was a Melissa Joan Hart movie oh, wow. where she gets broken up with my, by a man in a Santa Claus suit who crumbles a cookie in his hand in front of her and goes, "That's the way the relationship crumbles." <laughs> and it was a really relaxing oh moment for me because I like made me feel better as a writer. I was like, you know what? I'm not. <laughs> Things get made, you know? <laughs> Things get made. No Glade plug-in could replicate that moment no, for you like no, a candle. No, and it was like one of those big, like, big, tall gold oh, ones yeah. from Anthropology that smells like a campfire, which is not really how it smells, but, you know. That cost $375. Oh. Have, have you heard of these dip, diptych candles? I've heard of those. They're amazing. They're so potent. Okay, I j- truly just talked about this last night with friends, and I did not know that it was, like, a, a thing. Yeah, they're expensive. And, they're, and very expensive and, thing. And they are just heaven. Candlefish, yes. also very good. Ooh, what's that? What's Candlefish that? is, like, uh, they have just different flavor, or flavor coming. I don't <laughs> Are you <laughs> eating your candles? <laughs> I find them delicious. They're an important. They're an import. They, the wax is very fibrous. <laughs> helps keep me regular. Uh, no, they're, they're, like, a interesting combination of scents. So it'll be like sage and rose and and like whatever it's they're good interesting okay interesting. anyway but but congratulations tara that was a compelling hill yeah yeah that was a really good one yeah, i think I we've it. got a we've got a bonus one today <gasps> yeah a bonus jonas all right let's make it 
By the way, that is what the fourth Jonas Brothers called. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, that's really funny. Everyone's like, I didn't know there was a fourth Jonas, but f- bonus, bonus Jonas. Jonas. Oh, God. Congrats to Priyanka and, and Nick, and hi to the bonus Jonas. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Hi, Hysteria. My name is Lily, and the hill that I will die in this week is that the cold side of the pillow is the most overrated thing. I just don't understand the hype around people's obsession with it. When I want to go to bed at night, I want everything to be nice and warm. And with a cold pillow, everything is just very uncomfortable. I wrote an op-ed paper about this in my English class last year. And not only did my teacher tell me it was the stupidest paper a student has ever written for him, but he read it to my class and they all shitted on me saying my opinion was wrong. I would like to hear what you guys have to say about this. Oh, oh, Lily. Wow. Oh, that was that, wonderful, Lily. Thank that you for that. Really I'm great. sorry that that teacher did that to you, but it sounds like Lily is pretty tough. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like the type of person that that sounds like a thick skin developing experience. Yes. yes. Maybe you can go into comedy. <laughs> I think so too. Or write your college essay about this experience because that's that's wonderful. I don't know the cool side of the pill. So here's my thoughts on like warmth and bedtime. I'm I'm very curious about that. Yeah, me too. Where I I grew up in uh, way up north in a really small town in Wisconsin, which I mentioned a bunch of times. Uh, My house was a very old house, and it was heated with a wood stove. And my bedroom was on the at the farthest point in the house from the wood stove, so it was Mm -hmm. the coldest. Like wood stove, like we burned wood. My dad would go in the woods and like cut down trees and stuff. Well, Mm -hmm. dead trees. Anyway, (laughs) so we would, you know, that's how we heated our house. Um, And my room was freezing cold, and so in order for me to be warm at night, I would sleep under like a pile of blankets, (laughs) like five or six blankets, and like fashion a den for myself, (laughs) and like bring the pillow into the den with. I would sleep with the covers over my head. I was. Like yeah. Laura Ingalls Wilder, but it was like the, eight, the <laughs> 80s and the 90s. And so I um, I really like to be warm at bedtime, but mm-hmm. like in a cave. I need to like make a cave for myself. When I first moved to a warm climate, I had a difficult time sleeping because it's like, what, just sheet? Yeah. I can't, I, yeah. I'm not being crushed right now. I can't, <laughs> I can't sleep under just a sheet. So I respect the temperature thing, although I don't necessarily have the same opinions about the cool side of the pillow. I don't even remember the last time I thought about the cool side of the pillow. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wow. just how privileged. Wow, to do. <laughs> wow. Check you your know privilege what? at the I'm door. Sorry. You know what? <laughs> Everyone's thinking about the cool side of the pillow. It's so last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just like I don't flip. Is that when you flip the pillow? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I just my whatever my pillow is set up to be. I just lay on it. What are the mechanics of the the pillow flippage? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. either. I, I that this is why I think it's it's an interesting interesting predicament. Do you, Aaron? I'm just curious. Do you also sleep with like head to toe pajamas on top yes. of? No, I don't. Okay. Do you sleep with socks on? No. Okay. No, I, that's the hill. I, I don't. Bet. I don't wear very many oh, clothes when no I go socks. to sleep. I don't oh, wear, no socks. Me neither. No socks. I don't no, like socks. Yeah, socks at night feels weird. It feels weird. So here's the hill I'm going to die in this week. So this is uh, we were talking about social media, and as we were prepping for the show, I was just thinking about the ways that I use Instagram and. I am getting ready for a trip to South America. I'm going to go to Chile mm. in, in January. I've never been to Chile before, and mm. I love the mountains, and I'm really excited about it, um, brushing up on my Spanish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I've been following hashtags of places that I'm planning on visiting when I go down there. And I really want there to be a feature where I can filter out all the people. I just yes. want to be able to look at pictures of San Pedro de Atacama. I just want to look at pictures of Arca. Or I want to look at pictures of uh, of Santiago, and I don't want there to be a human butt in the front. Of it. 
like I, I, I don't, you know, good What for- if the butt is in front of one of these it's monuments? Like, get the, I yeah. would prefer to see the whole monument without the butt part. Gotcha. Like it's like if there was a hand in front of it. That's yeah. not what I'm I'm that's not what I'm trying to look at right now. I'm not I'm not in it for the butts right now. Right. I'm in it for the scenery. I want to see the scenery. And also another one that I follow is Fennec Fox, the hashtag Fennec Fox, which is the kind of fox that has enormous ears. They're very cute. Oh, so cute. But yes. a lot of times it's just like anime characters because apparently Fennec Fox type oh, features are God. in anime as well. And it's like good for, I wish that there was a way for me to be like, no, but the animal. And I want the animal. You know what I think that we're hearkening back to is an era where we need travel books. So you just go, because then if you get a book, then all you're seeing are just pictures. Yeah, but all- I want to see, I want to see what... Uh, the Valle de Luna looks like today. I see. I want to see what it looks yeah. like, you know, what people are, oh, we're walking through and we saw this cool thing today. Right. I don't want to see, like, this is what it looked like today with my butt in it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't, it's... Aaron hates butts. Aaron hates butts. She's very anti-butt. I, yeah. love, I love a butt. I love a butt, but I don't want to be like, especially if I'm, like, looking through it in public, I don't want it to be like, yeah. oh, this, yeah. this bitch is looking at so many butts. Yeah, that's what I fear whenever I look at, like, when I'm sh- online shopping or when I'm looking at Rent the Runway or whatever and I'm trying to I'm like trying to find cute outfits and then it's just breasts just so much cleavage yeah and in public I'm like I'm not this is I'm not a creep but I see I hear you yeah. I hear you on that people and I like just, it people are using hashtags incorrectly yeah yeah it makes me so mad there needs to be a hashtag police <laughs> there needs to be a hashtag I feel this way too about like when people hashtag weddings oh yeah. oh yeah and I like I mean I do it too when I go to a wedding I'll hashtag like not the bride and the groom <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like hashtag Smurfs, hashtag, hashtag plants, like, hashtag life. Yes, I like, I like, I see so many people going to weddings and hashtagging like their couple photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never see the bride and groom, which uh, I think uh, is so funny. That, yeah, that is really funny. That's awesome. That That's is awesome. so like a signifier of the times yes. that we're living. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Grace, what's your hill this week? Okay, my hill is extremely specific. Okay. Uh, if anybody out there has has uh, uh, relates or understands or agrees uh, with this, please let me know. I was watching the movie Notting Hill this past week. It's wonderful. I mean, I was just going to be like questionable, but then I just talked about the Lifetime movie I was watching. So (laughs) carry on. I'm in no position to judge the hill that I'm going to die on this week. Hugh Grant should never have slept with Julia Roberts, who plays Anna Scott in this movie, specifically the scene where Anna Scott is staying over in Hugh Grant's apartment after it's already been established that she is a sociopath with an American (laughs) boyfriend played by Alec Baldwin. And Hugh Grant already knows all of this. And he still sleeps with her that night. It's terrible. It's a bad character choice. He is continuing this path towards being in love with Anna Scott when really he should open his heart up to somebody else and he needs to say no in that moment and scoot her back upstairs to his bedroom while he's sleeping on the couch and sleep. He needs to get his eight hours of sleep that night and move the fuck on with his life because what ends up happening is they get married and I think that that marriage is going to fail ultimately and it all hinged on that moment where he decided to sleep with her and shouldn't have. Mm, Okay. Wow. Yes. I'm trying to remember that moment right now. <laughs> I never made it's, it all the way through that movie because uh, I was like, Hugh Grant, ugh. I, I agree. I, you know what? Yes. I'll die on that hill with thank you. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank I will. You. Thank you. Especially because, like, Julie Robinson, Alec, ba- oh, Alec Baldwin. Ugh. He is only good in, you know, another <laughs> hill, a quick hill I'll die on? Uh, Alec Baldwin is only good in Beetlejuice. 30 Rock. I, I, he's great in 30 Rock, too, he's but he great. plays himself. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, so he's only acting, he's only good at acting in Beetlejuice. Yeah. I agree with that. All right, Tian, what's your uh, hill? Okay, so I just want to, I've just watched all of The Office for the first time ever, and I'm only bringing this up because I want to talk to somebody. 
feel about it. <laughs> Noble reason. Um, I think the hill that I'm gonna die. I think Jim and Pam are the absolute worst portrayal of a couple in TV of all time. Damn. I wow. think they are awful. I remember like while in school, everyone loving the two of them. I'm like, okay, what's the big deal? <laughs> like everyone's like, I want to be a Jim. I want to be a Pam. They're so great. Oh my god, I want that relationship. Finally watched it. They're the worst. <laughs> they are awful to each other. I don't think they their relationship started on like good vibes because of uh, what's his face, Roy. like Roy. Roy. And I also think that Jim would do these huge life decisions and make these huge grand gestures without ever consulting her or talking to her because he loved, like, the surprise aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just awful and bad communication between a couple. I think they're awful. Wow. And I think they ruin the show. Wow. And everyone else around them is better. Wow. But Jim and Pam are the worst couple of all time. Wow. That is quite a hill. It is. People, a... people are going to disagree with that. Yeah. Really? I don't I don't know that they're I remember when I first watched the show thinking, oh, like it's so romantic, it's cute. Cause like honestly, who hasn't shot where they eat? You know? Right. <laughs> like I had, you know, everybody's hooked up with somebody that they worked with. And like I think at the time that I was watching it, I was dating somebody that I worked with. And like I was mm. like, oh, it's so cute. We're like Jim and Pam. And then like we broke up. <laughs> like Jim and Pam probably should have. They should have. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. That's well, very think- interesting. I think like watch. I think you're right about the lack of communication skills. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but also it's like you know, if it were a drama, I guess maybe they could have their relationship more fleshed out. But because it's comedy, it's like what would be the funniest possible scenario to put these people? Right. In? But I hear you on the grand gestures thing. You're right that Jim does that. It's sort of like we had a conversation about this about the um, the guy who proposed to his girlfriend when she's running a marathon and interrupted <sighs> the marathon. It was going to be this big moment for her, and he interrupted her. I mean, it's 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 like with our soccer player yeah. earlier too. Men making these big gestures and uh, taking away from women's agency. Yeah. Yep. And maybe that's 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 what it's like he bought he bought a house for them without talking about it. He like started that job in Philadelphia secretly without telling her about it and right. kind of like puts her in situations where yeah. she kind of has to be like Okay, I guess I have to like agree with this. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable that he never had an affair. If he's that secretive and that like, yeah, you oh, know, interesting. But anyway, that's a kind of dark note. To <laughs> I don't think about that hill, honestly. I think it's it's thought provoking. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. so so Grace will be milling around at the base of the hill while you're dying on top of it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not running away from it, and I might be watching the death while your death while it's happening. I'm not sure that I'll come up there with you yet. <laughs> well, I know someone on Medium.com agrees with me, so as long as, <laughs> as, long as they're going to die on this hill with me, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> as long as I don't die alone in life. <laughs> all right, well, that's all the time we have for yeah. Hills You'll Die On this week. Uh, Tian Tran, thank you so much for stopping by thank and guest so hosting. Much for having Grace Polly, thanks for being here. Thank you, thank per you, thank usual, you. I'm Erin Ryan, and there'll be more Hysteria next week. Get your gun, give them